0: You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. (laughs) Welcome to Heartbeat. Welcome to Heartbeat. And uh, it's so great to have our first gathering like this Um, tonight. um, We we gathered socially um, down at Newcastle Beach about Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and uh, it was a great time around at Newcastle Beach, just hanging out and being together. But um, this is the first time that we've come together, and this is off the back of um, Welcome to Church having happened this afternoon in the coffee lounge downstairs. And if you are here tonight and you've been to Welcome to Church and you've now made your way into Heartbeat, um, we are honoured to have you with us, and uh, welcome. Um, Heartbeat is simply this. Heartbeat is made up of all the people in our church who help make Generation City Church awesome. It's as simple as that. Whether you are part of a team, whether you're part of a, a um, uh, part of a team, whether you uh, are leading a connect group, whatever that may be, whether your heart is simply aligned with where we're going as a church, or maybe you're thinking, you know what, I This year, I'm feeling like God wants me to jump on board more with what's going on than you are here tonight because you want to hear more about who we are and the values and the culture that we have here. And um, the thing about about culture is culture is not what you say, but culture is what you do. Culture is what you do. It's our behavior. We can can talk culture. We can speak um, who we are, which is great, and it's important to communicate the message clearly, but... Really, culture is who we are, and it's our behaviour, and it's what we do, and uh, and it's our desire that these nights, like I think back in November last year, um, the opportunity to share at Heartbeat then, and we talked about the power of of an unrostered worshipper, someone that's not in their rostered position, but um, but still us having a mindset that when we come, we aren't just uh, in ministry mode because we're rostered, but because that's who we are. We are a minister. We are a leader. We are someone who carries the heart and the vision. It's um, spoke about our, our, our worshiping creative team that I, I, I don't want to see our guys up on the platform going for it in worship. Yeah, come on church. And then the next week, sitting in the um, the congregation or the assembly of the saints and, um, and, and looking, just standing disinterested, not, not a part of things. The power of, of when we, when we are, un- are unrostered and still push through that we're not just a connect leader on a Wednesday night, but we're a connect leader every day, every service. We are a connect leader. We are not unrostered in that capacity. But tonight I... Um, Got a couple of thoughts that I want to want to share with us in the time that we have before we head downstairs for food. So um, I hope you've come with an empty stomach. <laughs> uh, I know the team are downstairs working hard, working hard in the kitchen, uh, preparing for us tonight. And uh, make sure if you see them tonight, you please make sure you thank them. Uh, they're down there uh, getting ready, ready to to, to serve us, and um, we're so grateful for that. But would you come with me in your Bible to Matthew? Chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to read the first seven verses. Matthew 28, reading from verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Imagine being referred to as the other Mary. The other Janice. <laughs> Janice and the other Janice. <laughs> Imagine that, you're in the Bible and you're, 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 your, your name is the other Mary. Went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Pretty serious situation. Verse five, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. You know, in the couple of moments that we have together tonight, I want to talk to you about the power of an invitation. The power of an invitation. I shared a couple of these thoughts briefly with our Connect leaders maybe a a couple of weeks ago, but I really, really felt to bring it into this. the the heartbeat forum of our church, the power of an invitation. Father, I thank you for the time that we have tonight. I thank you that your word is living. Your word is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I pray that you would speak to us through your word tonight. Father, I pray that you would... You would let my dribble fall to the ground, but let what you want to say in this place be said. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation flood across this place that we would know you better. Father, reveal what you want to say to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as Christians, we have been extended the greatest invitation of all time. We've been extended the greatest invitation of all time to come into relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. You know, when we read this story in Matthew 28, see Jesus has been brought into Jerusalem and he's been been beaten, he's been whipped. And the disciples have begun to scatter. They've begun to scatter and that happened on Friday and we've come through Saturday. And this is early on Sunday morning. And these two women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, have um, they've made their way to, to, the, to the tomb. And all of a sudden, this amazing thing takes place. It's so much so that these guards, these Roman guards who were guarding this tomb, shook and froze like dead men. That's, that's a pretty... like These guys would have seen battle. They would have seen some pretty, like I reckon, like, some gladioresque kind of scenes um, on the battlefield. And all of a sudden, this angel appears. And they're pretty much turned into a bunch of silks. <laughs> Can you imagine that moment? I don't think that angel appeared wearing a nappy with fluffy wings. I reckon it would have been something pretty, pretty out there and pretty incredible. But here are these two women... At the tomb, the angels there sitting on the on the stone. And he issues this incredible invitation to them. Come and see the place where he lay. Come and see. You see, the stone wasn't rolled away from the tomb. To let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away from the tomb. So that we could come and see what God has done. That stone did not need to be rolled away. Jesus wasn't trapped by this stone. But it was rolled away so that we could come and see what God has done. Not come and see what we must do. But come and see what God has done. And this invitation that has been extended to these two ladies is the same invitation that has been extended to each one of us. Come and see what God has done. This incredible invitation. You know, I um, I think... that I'm a really, really respectful driver. I'm one of those people that frustrates the life out of my wife. She gets really, really frustrated with me when I drive because I'm one of those people that will let five people in. (laughs) We're sitting in the traffic and there's five cars banked up and I'm just one of those nice people that are just letting people in and um, driving along. It's like, oh, there's some more people. And she's like, stop letting people in. We're going to be late. We've got to get to where we're going. But for some reason, I'm just a real respectful driver. You see when we respond to the invitation to come and see what God has done and we respond to Jesus and Jesus enters our heart and enters our life, you see, we become responsible to let other people in to let other people in on what God is doing, and you know I, I really like this i 've had this this incredible realization when it comes to when we're driving in traffic, that this can be what it can be like. You see, where I live in Katara, just off Park Avenue, sometimes in the morning, especially around Christmas time, it can be really difficult for me to get out, on, out of my street onto Park Avenue because there's a big flow of traffic. Everyone's, everyone's coming down the hill and around towards Westfield or they're coming away from Westfield. Or it's like this main artery and I've got to sit there. I've got to sit there and I've got to wait for there to be a break in traffic or I need to wait for someone to let me in. All of a sudden, there's a break in traffic and I'm off. I'm in the flow of traffic. But you see, as we're driving, as we're driving, you see, as I come around the corners, there's more side streets where people are trying to get into the flow of traffic. They're trying to get into the flow to get where they need to be. Come around to where the Homemaker Center is. There's more places there. There's lights. If there is one thing that really annoys me so much is when there's an intersection and cars fill the intersection. Is that just me who gets annoyed by that or is that everyone? That space is there to let cars come in, to come through all around. But sometimes we can be so oblivious that we fill those spaces in. I was, um, I was up around Rutherford the other day. My family liked to do day trips to the RSPCA. Um, it's like our little zoo. <laughs> we, we go every couple of... Well, at the moment, it's every couple of weeks, but we don't come home with anything. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. But when we were up there the other day, I, I, we were in this drive-around the service station sort of, sort of area. And um, it's funny, like I was driving and then I realized I, I came up behind another car, but there was another car just sitting here that that I could have made space for to come into the flow of traffic to be able to move forward. I've been thinking about this. And as Christians, we've got the responsibility that once we are in the flow of things with God, once we've found our place and we're sort of in in the groove of what's happening with church, we've got a responsibility to make room and allow other people in. But how many times as Christians do we get so focused on ourselves so focused on our own comfort, so focused on my needs and my wants and what, um, making sure that I get what I want, this real consumer mindset that, that we forget about everyone else, that we forget about the people around us. And it got me thinking that we can just so get on autopilot when we've received the most incredible invitation to be let in on what God has done, what God is doing, and then to be empowered as the church, the body of people, to go and extend and carry the good news. But we can get so consumed with ourselves that we forget that once we've been been let in, it's our responsibility to let others in. You know, it's the heart of our senior pastors that as people come to our church, that they would be embraced, they would be loved, they would be cared for, that they would connect to what is happening here. But you see, we, we they, sorry, our senior pastors and our pastoral guys that are, are in um, church during the week, we, we can't do it on our own. And God hasn't created a model where that's how it's supposed to work. But as the church together, as the heartbeat of our house, it's our responsibility that as people walk through our doors, as people come in, that we let other people in where we start to set our eyes outward rather than being inward focused into our little groups and our little, this is my comfortable zone. These are my friends. These are the people that I talk to. These are the people that I sit with. But opening our eyes to see who's waiting on the fringes to be brought in. You know, as I'm driving, there are those times as well where We're at a red light and I can see a cars wanting to come in. And, you know, it's sort of like you have those awkward kind of standoff moments where they're like, are you creating space for me or am I waiting for you? Like, can you see I'm making room for you? But sometimes all that it takes is a little... Because sometimes people are kind of like are you creating space? are you on your phone? wouldn't be any of us are you on your phone? are you thinking about it? are you daydreaming have you intentionally created space but it's like sometimes sometimes i i I think we can get into this space, this mindset of um um well i um that 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 person i I, I kind of walked up to them and they didn't say anything or but it's like It's that little step that we take where it's like that invitation, where it's so obvious about what it is. It's the power of an invitation. Ephesians 2 verse 13, it, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God forbid we ever become a church who is so inward focused. This can sound real hard and a real hard message, but it's not meant to be. It's just getting us thinking more outward minded. That we have people that come through our doors. That we have a responsibility to let in. It's an action that says, I will make room for you. You know, the church is not meant to be a cruise liner. It's not meant to be a cruise liner. It's not meant to be this holiday vessel where it's all about our comfort and us enjoying the trimmings on the side. But you see, the church is designed to be, to operate and function like a life raft, where it's about getting people in the boat as quick as possible, pulling people out of the waves, pulling people out of the water. And I think, is this making sense? Yeah, <laughs> is it... It's not about our comfort and our convenience, but it's like we've been let in. We've been let in. It's, once we have been let in on what God is doing, we haven't stepped aboard a cruise liner. But instead of being Christians that are focused on what, what we can get out of this, instead of being Christians where we can walk in some Sundays and go, oh, I didn't really like the Word this morning. I didn't get a lot out of it. It wasn't real deep. Or, gosh, communion was a bit stale this morning. I don't know if it was you, but mine was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit stale. <laughs> but it's... Um, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't even matter. But you see, what we need, what we need, what we need is the heartbeat of our church, the heartbeat. To come with this mindset of, not what can I get, but what can I give. And I'm I'm not just talking about. Um, I'm just talking about financial giving. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But a mindset that says, whether I'm rostered or whether I'm not, the Holy Spirit wants to use me this morning to help bring someone in, to help connect someone, to help make someone feel loved and embraced that this isn't about me and whether I like what's going on. This isn't about me and whether I like to sit in the seat that that I've been directed to this morning. But it's about how can I let someone else in? How can I make someone else feel welcome this morning? How can I lift my eyes up from from the world that's in front of me and and, and what's going on with me and and focus on, on others? Letting people in. You know, the power of an invitation. I've got two stories for you. Last year, we, we, had a, um, we were having our Sunday night services, which were happening um, at 5 o'clock. And we'd been praying and processing as an eldership for some time about, God, what do you want us to do with these night services? And Pastor Marty just had this real sense in his heart, it, it, it's, time to, it, it's time to close down our night service and um, it's something that was definitely not taken lightly, it was, there was a lot of prayer, a lot of thought that went into that process, but there's a guy who, who was coming to our, our 5 p.m. service that he would only come at night, um, and we think, oh, it would be interesting to see what happens with him, whether or not he will continue to, um, continue to come, make the transition to our morning service, and anyway, we we ended up closing our 5 p.m. service. We really feel that's what God's led us to do. And he started coming on Sunday morning. And we're like, wow, this is, this is great. It's, like, it's not just been a... Oh, well, um, we later found out that he was coming at night because he likes to sleep in on a Sunday morning and finds it hard to get out of bed. But most Sundays, this man will be in our 9.30 service here, part of what's going on. Anyway, one morning... I was just looking through um, some, some information, just a, a report that had been sent through to me. And I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. On a Friday morning, I, I, I run a connect group with a bunch of guys that come in and run from 10 to 11.30 every second week. And I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, I want you to invite him to be part of your connect group. And I'm like... He's not going to want to be part of the connect group. He's not going to want to come and do that. I'm like, oh, okay. And we just felt this, this, this leading of the Holy Spirit just to get in touch with him. I picked up the phone, was about to ring him, and what happened was I just thought, you know what? I'm going to get someone else to call him. My thinking wasn't, hey, I don't feel like doing this. I'm just going to get someone else to do it. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to get someone else, one of the other guys in my group, to give him a call and invite him along. Sure enough, I get a text message later that day. Yeah, I got in touch with him. He would love to come and be part of the group. Anyway, he's been coming a couple of times. See, my connect group doesn't. Most connect groups went back this week, just gone. But the group that I have on a Friday morning, we just keep going all year. We stop for Christmas and the rest of it, we just keep going. We just get together and pray and connect because it's what Connect's about. And um, you know, he's been coming along to connect. You know, this morning in church, in the meet and greet time, he, run, he comes up to me, just gives me this big bear hug saying, hey, how you going? It's like all of a sudden, this guy has gone from just coming to our five o'clock service to coming into our 9.30. So he's now part of a Connect group. And I don't reckon it's going to be long before he jumps on one of our teams. But it was all off the power of an invitation it was the leading of the Holy Spirit that, that showed me this person. He's been coming on a Sunday morning now since September. But it was in this moment that God just, the Holy Spirit dropped it into my heart and I acted upon it. Invited him, opened the door and said, would you like to come and be part of us? On a Friday morning when, when he came, the, what, what we say to new people that come to our group is like, hey, we do this every second week. And if you want to be part of us, you're part of us. It's as simple as that. And it's like, what if, what if we let the Holy, if we had that approach where we let the Holy Spirit speak to our heart as we come each morning to church. And God, lead me to the person that you want me to talk to and connect with. That's a great story. On the other side, Beck and I have been looking after young adults now for two years, I think. And there's a young lady that I've been trying to get to young adults, to get connected into what's going on. I've been trying for two years. Message her, invite her, come be part of this. Hey, there's a whole bunch of girls hanging out one night. Hey, you want to come be part of that? You want to do this? You want to come and be part of this? I- even last year, I think I might have rung her on a birthday and said, happy birthday. And, um, but it's like, you might look at it and go, are you serious? You've been trying to, trying to bring someone in, invite someone in, let someone in now for two years? Why didn't you just give up? Well, I don't feel like God wants me to give up yet. And I feel like I'm just going to keep chipping away. I'm going to just keep chipping. I'm going to just keep inviting. The only thing that she can say to me is no. And I have asked her on three occasions, would you like me to stop inviting you because I don't want to hound you. Each time, no, I'll eventually come one day. I'll eventually come one day. But it's that unrelenting sense that I've been let in. And God wants to use me. God wants to use you to help bring others in. It just captivates me. As the heartbeat of Generation City Church, let's be people who invite others in. Let's not be like the innkeepers in Bethlehem that said, there's no room here. We read in Luke 2 about the birth of Jesus, and it's like, we all know the story. They went to the inns, but there was no room in the inn. So Jesus was born in a stable. He was lay in a manger because there was no room. It's the heart of our church that as people come to this place, that they wouldn't have that experience. That as people come, they wouldn't be, um, sorry, you can't come to my connect group. There is no room. I'm sorry, this team is full. There is no room. But that as people come, they would experience the love and embrace of the church. Not the building, but the people who make up our church that they would feel that embrace and that love and that warmth and there's a couple of things that i want to just encourage us practically with as i just bring this to a close let's let's make room in our hearts let's make room in our hearts for others let's make room in our conversations Maybe it's inviting someone to sit with you in church. Maybe we need to make room in our connect group. Invite someone to your connect group. Invite someone to come to the team gathering that we have on a Sunday morning at 8.45. Invite someone to jump on a team with you. It's the power of an invitation. And we've been given the greatest invitation of all time how dare we hold that back from others how dare we hold that back i don't want to get to heaven one day and stand before god and go hey yeah you invited me in but hey i I just enjoyed all the perks i just made sure i was comfortable but what if we allowed ourselves to become uncomfortable for the sake of others this, um, this passage in Matthew 28, verse 6, the angel's talking. He said, he is not here, he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Come and see the place where he lay. The very next sentence, then go quickly and tell. Tell. The angel invited Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the two Marys, Mary squared, to, um, to come and see. But notice how the conversation and the interaction with the angel didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. Come and see the place where he lay. Whilst you're there, make yourself comfortable. We'll get room service, tomb service, uh, to, come and, um, to come and make you feel comfortable. It was a really bad joke, wasn't it? Just rolled off the tongue. <laughs> we'll get, some, get, get something, make you feel comfortable. But it's like, come and see. Then go quickly and tell. Let's be people who don't just live in the come and see space. Let's not be people who just live in the come and see, but let's be people who come and see. Maybe we need to come and see again. Maybe we need to come and see afresh what God has done. But once we have seen, let's be a people who go quickly and tell and extend that invitation to bring others in on what God is doing to help others connect a lot of lonely people. But we see a church unified with an unshakable love for one another and we see a church with a huge heart for the lost and the broken. The come and see reminds us that without Jesus we are lost and broken. The go and tell is us opening our arms saying of what I've received I'm going to give to you. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you have brought us in. You have opened the way for us to be brought in. We were once far away, but we have been brought near by the precious blood of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would, that you would cause us to have a new, fresh revelation of what you have done. A fresh come and see moment. But that we wouldn't be a people who just stay in the come and see space. But like the angel said to the two ladies at the tomb, said, now go quickly and tell. Father, I pray that we would be a people with our arms open wide, making room for others. God, that this would be a place where people come and they feel loved and valued and accepted. Thank you that you love and value and accept us. So grateful for all that you do and who you are, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That wasn't meant to be a a hard message. I really hope my passion to see people just brought in came through that. That it wasn't, it's, no one's in trouble. We don't have a problem. We don't have a, man, you guys are the most unfriendly people in the world. That's not what this is about. But what it is, is we want to use heartbeat to help shape culture the culture of who we are as a church. And we think what better place to instill that culture, to build that culture than through Heartbeat. Because Heartbeat is all about the people whose hearts are aligned with our house and moving forward, wanting to see us step into all God has for this house. And it's like, we need to be able to just sort of go, hey, this is who we are. This is who we're becoming. And and for our wider church to grab a hold of it, we've first got to grab a hold of it here. So please don't for a second think that there's a problem or Joel's angry or anything like that. That's definitely not the case. It's just this this passion in my heart that God wants us to let others in on what he's doing. We're going to head downstairs.